right from the start it's polished and elegant and it just makes a big difference and it's more memorable for your guests too you're giving them more eye candy more things to look at you know they feel like they're participating in it if you are all about weddings love wedding stories want to hear about how they met what the proposal was like how the wedding went then this is the show for you we also talk with professionals and they share advice to help you make your wedding amazing thanks for joining us let's go we're going to talk about ceremony music with Michelle from Bridal Music. She's located in the Jersey Shore, Central New Jersey, and she's pretty unbelievable for a variety of reasons, aside from the fact that she's extremely talented and she's very savvy in knowing how to make the absolute most of a ceremony. And ceremonies are, this is the kickoff to your whole wedding day and to have it be elegant and heartfelt and pull on the heartstrings of all your guests truly is everything. And that's what you want to have happen. So let's say hello to Michelle. Hi, Michelle. I'm excited to be here to talk about wedding ceremonies. And what I'm talking about won't cost any money. Yeah, I mean, that's really the thing. What we're going to do here today is we're not talking about what to purchase or anything like that. We're talking about how to make the most out of this wedding ceremony. You know, people think, oh, we just pick a reading. We just pick somebody to say you know, read things off of a paper and tell us, you know, what our vows are. And then we go on a merry way, but you haven't created any emotional impact. And that's truly so important is picking the right music, how to, when to play that music and how to have the whole thing come together. So Michelle is really brilliant. She has the most unique perspective of ceremonies. She's a musician so she understands the musical component, but you also are so savvy to understand how to make your guests feel something and also how to put the bride and groom in the very best light for themselves. So we're going to talk about things like the processional and how to make it unique, how to pick the readings, things like the memory candle ceremony themes, the location and how it affects your musical suggestions. And we'll also talk about the current trends and she's going to share so many tips with us as well. So without further ado, Michelle, let's get to it. Um, let's talk about the processional because this is something that everybody wants to be very unique. Brides think about this their whole entire life and then here it is, it's their wedding day. So this is the immediate start of the very first second of your wedding day. This is when your guests finally get to see each other, everybody's saying hello, and the ceremony begins and everybody walks down the aisle. So you don't want it to be where everybody's just walking into school, they're just walking into an auditorium. You want to create a moment so that your guests gasp and they sigh and they see the bridal party walking in the room and they're prepared for the impact that the emotions are going to have on them. You want to set that tone right then and there. So let's talk about some options, Michelle, the different things like having who walks who down the aisle, um, the grooms, groomsmen, share a little bit of uh, insight about that. Today, you don't really have to uh, adhere to any kind of uh, protocol. You can really design your own, uh, your own uh, processional. And I think the brides, as soon as they're engaged, they think about the, that processional and that first moment when they step out. It's so iconic, and I don't think enough couples really focus on this. Now, you can really be a little avant-garde, or if that's not your style, you can still be uh, very elegant, and we can still add some personality to it. Sometimes I like uh, when the officiant will lead off the processional because everybody knows we're really starting. Uh, there's no question. When the officiant is already up there, sometimes you don't know. But when he makes that center aisle entrance, you know. If you want a little style, you can have the groom walk down with his parents 
Or if that's a little too trendy, um, you can have the groom walk down with his best man. You can have the groomsmen accompany the bridesmaids down the aisle, which is very romantic, very pretty, which is what the wedding is about, romance. Um, something that's very cute, that's a little bit trendy, is even asking the grandmothers to be the flower girls. Oh. You, know, you have to kind of have a, a little young at heart grandmothers for that. But it's so cute, and they will throw the flowers, and it's just, it's a different touch. Something, I love that. Yeah, something people haven't seen. Yeah, and this is where we're talking about breaking out of the box in 2018, because everything is possible, and how beautiful is it to have Grandma, you know, yes. put the flowers down? That's beautiful. I love what you said about having the officiant not start at the altar, and not having the groomsmen start at the altar, because it becomes a punctuation of people knowing, oh, now it does begin. Yes. Now this is when we're going to begin, because if the officiant is standing up there, and the groomsmen are standing up there for 15, 20 minutes, and then it starts, you almost don't know that that's what's happening, and this podcast is about these intricate details that are going to take you from a nice wedding to a wow, amazing wedding that just felt right every single step of the way. So that's even starting from the beginning. And then also now the trend years ago was for the bride to be walked down the aisle by dad. How, what's happening now? Um, sometimes you can have the bride walk down by herself and the groom, uh, the groom can meet her halfway up the aisle. Cute. So that's something very different. Um, but I think mostly we do see the bride being walked down by her dad. Another trend, uh, it used to be popular in the Jewish religion, but we've even seen it in Catholic masses now where both parents will escort the bride down, which is a nice touch. You get that in the video, you get the beautiful photos. And, you know, if you have the bride being walked down by your parents, it's nice if you can have uh, the groomsmen walk down the brides too, so you have a little continuity. And it's just very elegant. It's romantic. And one thing I don't like is the groomsmen are not used to weddings like the bridesmaids are. I think the bridesmaids are just a little more comfortable. And you see the groom and the groomsmen up there 10 minutes fidgeting or restarting, restarting. If you give them an active role, you eliminate all that. And right from the start, it's polished and elegant. And it just makes a big difference. And it's more memorable for your guests, too. You're giving them more eye candy, more things to look at. You know, they feel like they're participating in it. Yeah, I love that. That's excellent. So talking about the readings, there's a thousand and one readings people can have. A poem, lyrics, it could be even something that they, they write that they want to have read. Give me a little bit of insight about that. What's happening nowadays with these ceremonies and the readings? Uh, we'll hear more poems, uh, more lyrics to songs. Some of these are so unique, I've never heard them myself. Um, now, if you really don't want a trendy reading, let's say you do want to stick to that Corinthians, love is patient, love is kind, I always suggest why don't you share the reading? Why don't you maybe ask your maid of honor and best man to get up there? Or two aunts. Or just combine it where it's different. Reading some Winnie the Pooh, lyrics from Bob, Bob Marley. Um, there was one reading, one couple were very avid bikers. And uh, somehow the officiant found this fantastic reading about uh, bikers. Um, so when she did that reading to add another uh, dimension to it, I accompanied her with a solo flute. And uh, that's when I did uh, Midnight Rider by the Allman Brothers, and that was a nice touch. So with the reading, I can accompany them at another dimension. But like I say, uh, if you're going to do a reading, you see this at almost every wedding. And if you can maybe have a shared reading, so it's so visually interesting for your guests, add a little music towards that also, you've created a nice little vibe that you really haven't seen at every other wedding. I love that, and I'll tell you why I love that, because it's the same thing, like if you saw a horror movie and it had no music, 
you wouldn't know when to be scared. You wouldn't have any feeling. It would just be the scene that's kind of Good going point. across the screen. Same thing with a wedding ceremony. You know, if somebody's just reading, well, that's fine, and that's going to still be beautiful. But now you put this beautiful romantic song behind it, and you're pulling on the heartstrings of everyone there. And this is what's amazing about Michelle is some people, they go to a ceremony, they do two songs. They do the song for the bride to walk down the aisle. They do the song at the end of the ceremony, and that's it. That's pretty much what 95% of musicians are doing at these ceremonies nowadays. This is like at the elevated elevated uh, package, you know, I guess what you would call it, but it's really not. Michelle just, this is how she does it. This is what you're looking for when you're hiring somebody for your ceremony. You're looking for somebody exactly like Michelle, who has the savvy knowledge to say, what is the reading going to be? Oh, well, this Allman Brothers would be perfect to accompany that poem. And now you have something that's all tied in from the, th the theme of the music that's fitting what's going on in the ceremony. And we're going to actually, let's jump forward to that, to the ceremony themes, because I've had some amazing experiences with this and I'll share some for you. Um, for an example, the bride and groom were really big Beatles fans and she walked down the aisle to something, something in the way she moves. And when I tell you, when the doors opened, it was Goosebump City. And at the end of the ceremony, we played Here Comes the Sun. That's very nice. So it's just yeah. beautiful. All of a sudden it became a theme. And now for things like the candle lighting, or if you have things like that, now you have this other beautiful music that accompanies it. All you need is love, Penny Lane, yes. whatever. And you have a theme around that ceremony. And by the end of that ceremony, I guarantee you all of your guests will have felt something so very deep. And share some experiences you've had with these themes as well. Actually, I want to add to what you said about the Beatles theme. Uh, with that, if you can have the groomsmen escort the bridesmaids down and you pick a song like With a Little Help from My Friends, that is just so cute to have the couples walk down and you do that song. Then when it's the bride's turn, I will. I think that's nice. Um, recessional, a great one is All You Need Is Love. We would do, we'll do maybe between six to eight excerpts during the actual ceremony as long as they can melt in and really complement the ceremony. So we would do... Um, some other Beatles uh, selections, uh, uh, In My Life, Here, There, and Everywhere, anything romantic and light that would just melt into the ceremony. So I do like themes. And then uh, with another theme, one that I really loved was the couple that met at that nostalgic film festival. And we just suggested all uh, nostalgic music. Um, she used As Time Goes By, Someone to Watch Over Me, It Had to Be You. Uh, they can't take that away from me. And the recessional was adorable. It was dancing cheek to cheek. So cute. It was a Cole Porter song. And I'll tell you, the aunts, uncles, and grandparents just love that too. Because finally, you know, beautiful music that they recognized. And the younger uh, group like it. They like it also. I've had some 20-something-year-olds come up to me and they say, What a Wonderful World is their favorite song. So yeah. It's so nice to hear. Yeah, and then a lot of the younger kids do know this nostalgic music because it's been kept alive in movies and stuff like that. So when you're picking the music for your ceremony, uh, you might be more familiar with the music than you realize because it's really been played over the years. Um, another theme we did, and this was really cute, was the bride and groom loved Disney. Oh, yes. So they walked down the aisle to Can You Feel the Love Tonight? And at the end of the ceremony, we played A Whole New World. Oh, yes. that was really That's nice, fun. too. And Disney, I mean... When You Wish Upon a Star. There were so many different things that, I mean, we were really struggling to narrow down the music right. for that ceremony because there was so much to pick from. So 
So you can kind of see where we're going with this. And you don't even need a theme. You could even pick a type of music. Like I want just a contemporary acoustic guitar songs, or I want, you know, all the most famous flute music of all time. There, it's abundant in the music. But see, it's not necessarily about just picking the music. It's wrapping everything around each other. You want to have the music complement what's going on in the ceremony. And that goes both ways. So... It's setting the scene, it's setting the tone. That's really what music does. It's like I said just a minute ago, if you watched a horror movie and there was no music, you wouldn't feel half, you wouldn't feel anything to, about what's really going on with that movie. And you have to keep the same kind of idea when it comes to your ceremony, your cocktail hour, your reception. Your music is going to set the tone. And you can inter, you know, put music in so many different places to encourage your guests to feel something. You want them to go home from that wedding feeling love, celebration, excitement, hope, positivity, inspiration. You want them to go home feeling all of these things. So this is how you create it. You create it with music. And that music, you know, just like we talked about as far as, you know, maybe picking a, a theme for your ceremony or something like that. And then there's also those component components of the wedding, like the memory candle, which is so popular nowadays. Maybe 30 years ago, people had no idea what a memory candle is. But why don't you tell them what a memory candle is? Um, if you want to acknowledge uh, any family members or friends that have passed on, that's a nice time to include it. Uh, some, some choose not to, and others, if they do, I tell them to really elaborate on it. And instead of just having the officiant read the names out loud, I tell them to take it a step further and well in advance of the ceremony ask any aunts or uncles uh, or bridal party members to come forward and light one individual candle for each name that the officiant is going to remember. So you could have five or six guests coming forward and light that individual candle for each soul who wouldn't be there. And I think it has just so much more meaning. It's so pretty, it's heartfelt. You're gonna see some misty eyes. And um, in the background, I'll do a solo flute selection. I won't do something with a duo at that time because I want it very soft, very heartfelt, but I want something in the background to support the movement while they're walking up and down, lighting the candle. Um, and it's just a really memorable moment. And people say, wow, you know, they had a great processional. Um, that unity candle was, uh, was uh, the memory candle rather was so nice. Uh, the readings were so uh, unique where they were shared. So if you can put all these things together, and these did not affect the budget. It's just sitting home well in advance and thinking, what can I do where they're going to say a year later, do you remember that wedding? How unique. They really gave it some thought. And also, I do work really closely with the officiant. I think we're a good team, and we do a lot of email exchanges. We'll go over everything. I look at that final uh, ceremony script. I'll make comments on it. Sometimes we'll add additions. Um, if I can't do at least four excerpts during that ceremony, I'm sad. I like to go for six, six to eight uh, 30 second excerpts of music. They can be classical, they can be popular. And it just adds that nice finishing touch. It really makes a huge, huge yeah. difference. It, it really does. It elevates. Uh, the officiants tell me it just elevates the ceremony, takes it to another level when you intertwine the music so much into that speaking. 
Yeah. And the memory candle, or it's also called the unity candle, it depends, is basically you're uniting the families and you're also, or you're remembering people of past. It almost has like two different meanings. Like the unity candle, sometimes people from either side of the family would come and light that one candle of unity. I've also seen uh, where someone will light a flame and everybody in the, and everybody in the ceremony will have a candle and one person will start the flame and then that next person passes the flame on to the next, to the next, yes. to the next. And then that last person will come up and light the unity candle or it'll be the first person to light the unity candle and then on. But there's a lot of things that you can do for these moments that bring emotion. You yes. want to bring emotion to your ceremony as much as possible. When you're laying out the ceremony and you're sitting with Michelle and you're thinking about how your ceremony is going to go, you do want to think about at the end, when you look at that paper, have I created a feeling? Not only your vows to each other, but have you created a vibe and have you created a feeling to your ceremony? It's really so important. And then there's little details like where your musicians are. You know, if you have your musicians, you know, too far away or too close, it's going to make a big difference. And Michelle, I'll let you talk about that. Well, I always tell the brides, uh, don't wait for your uh, rehearsal, if in fact you're lucky to have one, some catering halls will just do that with you maybe a half hour in advance. But if you're fortunate enough to have a rehearsal, think of everything in advance of that rehearsal. I mean, think how you want the processionals to be, where do you want your bridal party to stand, do you want to be elevated in the area? Um, just think of every single thing, even your flowers, do you want them up high so they're, they're very visual for your guests? Just don't don't put anything to chance. I had one bride last week that said, well, Michelle, I'm going to figure everything out when I'm inside the chapel. And I said, no, now's your time. Do your homework, plan everything in advance. When you go to that rehearsal, you hit the ground running. And if you have to make slight changes, you can. But if you go in there thinking that everything's going to magically happen, it's not. You're going to be overwhelmed. Yeah, it still is a, is a, it's, it's a ceremony. You know, it's a, it's a ritual and you want that to go correctly. There's things that are going to take place in there from walking in and saying vows and doing readings to where everybody should stand and sit and, uh, to when it's over, you know, and creating that whole vibe from start to finish is not something that you want to wait until you get there. And listen, the truth of the matter is 95% of the people are going in there and they're doing it right on the cuff. You know, and they're having a yes. okay wedding ceremony, which is they walk into a song, they do their ceremony, and they walk out to a song, and that's it. And that's totally okay, and I'm sure millions of brides have had their ceremony like that. That's all cool. But with this particular podcast, Make Your Wedding Amazing, is we try to give you all of the tools that you can possibly think of to make something truly, truly amazing, to make something truly elevated and amazing. And this is what's so magical about Michelle. She knows exactly how to do that. Finding a wedding professional that knows what that means. You know, when you're going and you're hiring somebody... Let's just talk about that for a second. You're looking for somebody to do your wedding ceremony music. When you get on the phone with that person, you want to know that that person has some kind of knowledge of how to create an emotion. You're going to get a thousand musicians on the phone and everybody knows how to play an instrument, but what do they know how to do with it? That's the difference between a musician who plays music and then a person who understands the business. Um, and that's everything, right, Michelle? I mean, yes. I know with you, it's like you know, when you get on the phone, even when we were chatting on the phone, you know, she's talking about, well, what, you know, the history of the bride and where is the location and what does it look like and what are these people like? That's how you make something so personal, 
personal so that on the wedding day, all of the guests know, oh yes, this is Jenny's wedding because Jenny is so into this music and this decoration is so much like Jenny. You know, you want to know that you, you want it to be obvious of whose wedding you're at. You don't want it to be like everybody else's wedding. And when you put these things in here that we're talking about on the show, um, the music and the way that you lay everything out is really going to make a huge, huge difference in the end. You can take it to the next level. Yeah. Just with that little advanced planning, it can be such a huge difference, and the guests see it. I've had so many guests come up to me and ask me, did I rehearse with the officiant? It was just so smooth. Yeah. And so tell me about that. Like, when you get on the phone with the officiant, what is that like for you? What are you looking to accomplish? Well, first I'll introduce the duo. I tell them what we do. We do a half hour music beforehand. We'll do all the processionals. We love to do uh, excerpts during the ceremony. If they will fit in, I just want to make sure 100% anything we do is going to melt in. I don't just want to do songs that stand out. I want everything just to blend together. Um, actually, what I do is I wait until the uh, ceremony is about 100% completed. I'll read it over and then I'll give everybody my comments of what we can add or what maybe might not really be melting into the ceremony. And then I make sure we're all 100% in agreement. Yeah, that's everything. And also the current trend is really a lot of people are using friends to officiate their ceremonies now. And the thing with that is a lot of times a friend does not know exactly what the flow or an amazing layout really will be where a professional officiant would know. And that's still cool because, you know, it's really nice. And I really happen to love having a personal friend or an uncle or not officiate the wedding because I feel like it's that much more personal. However, when you're coming to picking your music professional like Michelle, this is where you want to be steered in the right direction so that your music professional understands things that they can do to help you. So if your officiant hasn't done a thousand uh, weddings and this is their first one, you still have a music professional that's going to be able to look at the layout for your wedding and say, yeah, this works great. Or, hey, I see a way that we can make this even better or elevate this for you. That's why picking professionals that are passionate about what they do. I mean, I've said that. I don't remember what episode it was, but I had did a whole episode about finding the right professional. And for an example, you know, if you call up a, a wedding professional to do your ceremony and they say, yeah, yeah, you know, just let us know what your two songs are. That's right away going to tell you that that's not the type of person that's going to be laying out a vibe or a feeling for you. So you're going to be looking for somebody like Michelle or call Michelle, which is what I would definitely recommend and say, you know, this is what I'm looking for. And that person will hold your hand and say, ah, I have, I have your back and we're going to make the ceremony the most unbelievable thing that you could even imagine. That's the kind of response you want from your professional. And, you know, I, I do love this new trend of asking family members or close friends. It just brings, uh, you know, a whole new emotion to it. A few weeks ago, we had the groom's granddad, who was very elderly, and I must have worked with him for about two months on that ceremony. It was just so heartfelt. You just, you just can't get that emotion. Uh, it, it was just so lovely. Um, a lot of uh, aunts, uncles, and you know what else I like? If they say, Michelle, we don't know whether to ask this person or that person, they're so agreeable, I'll tell them again, uh, have a double officiants. Like maybe have the bride's aunt, have the groom's uncle. And we did that a few weeks ago, and it was so memorable. And I always tell these new officiants, the first thing you have to do after you're welcome, 
the guest is to introduce yourself. And once you say who you are, you're the grandfather, you're the aunt, the uncle, we've had brothers or sisters, you immediately win the guests over even more and they're gonna pay even more attention. So it's just, it's so I, I love that new trend. But they, you're right, they do need guidance. They don't really know how to build a ceremony. So I will give them advice. I send them unique readings and they can take it or they can just go out on their own. But I will definitely check it over with everybody, see what I think, how it can be improved. But that emotional uh, touch when you have a family member or a close friend, it's, it just makes it that much more special. I love it. Yeah, it makes it more special to everyone. Yes. I mean, just the ceremony and everybody watching, for sure. I do love that a lot. And the, the issue with that is they just don't know where to begin when right. they're planning. I mean, here I am. I was asked to officiate a ceremony. Okay, I'm happy to do it for you, but what do I do? I mean, that's really the question mark. And you can go on the internet and you can Google things and stuff like that. But really having someone to help you take that idea and mold it into something that's going to be perfect and amazing really comes down to uh, hiring the right professionals and people like Michelle. And you have to give that ceremony some nice continuity. So many, many of them forget to ask the guests, please be seated. I think that's the one thing, and I always remind everybody about that. So I tell them, you do a welcome, uh, then you can say, please be seated, or you can do please be seated right away, too. Um, definitely introduce yourself, and then, you know, you just take it from there. Yeah, and walking the guests through what to do, I think is important, because people don't, do I stand, do I sit, do I kneel, what do I do? Yes. And their comfort comes in understanding what you expect of them. So if you say, you know, everybody please rise or everybody please sit, it sounds so silly to mention in this podcast, but you'll have people I'm standing, then they're going to sit, and then half of the people, and then there's this slight level of discomfort, and that might take a little tiny little notch of the elegance down. And this, again, is us elevating everything so that these details are so seamless, so that just like Michelle said, they go home from the ceremony saying, wow, it was so memorable and so personable and so beautiful. So... Uh, and the thing with 2018 is that anything goes. Years ago, there was a cookie cutter. We had to do everything the same way. And if somebody broke mold, the aunts and uncles were in a tear because somebody went out of the box. Oh, they would say, uh, didn't they know the proper etiquette? Yeah, exactly. It was a whole proper etiquette thing. And the beauty of right now is that there's no rule. You can do anything you want. Uh, even with the reception now, I have brides that don't cut the wedding cake at all. Now, 20 years ago, people were like, how could you not cut the cake? You're going to have bad luck your whole wedding, your whole marriage. Because it was an etiquette thing, and there was a rule, and there was a standard. It's all out the window. Now, what everything is about is how to make the elevation have an emotional content. I really think that's what it is. You know, if you go to a wedding and you just danced for five hours, you're going to feel something. You know, that, that band got you to dance and they got you to move and they got you to feel something. If you sat down all night and you didn't do anything, you would not have the same feeling when you go home. You've participated. You know what I always say about the, um, the uh, reception? I say that's your ultimate lifetime party. That's one party you're going to throw that's going to be remembered for your whole life. And I always tell them when I get requests for music selections that maybe are more appropriate for the reception, I'll tell them you have three parts. You have the really elegant, memorable uh, ceremony. That's the start that you've been dreaming about since you were engaged. The cocktail hour is adorable. It's just a happy time. There's no more nervousness. Everybody's social. And then when you get to the reception, like I say, it's just the ultimate party. So I like those three different distinctions throughout the day. Yeah. And that really is everything. So 
and the music is going to accompany each of those parts. Your ceremony is going to have a specific kind of vibe with the music. Your cocktail hour is going to have a different kind of vibe. And your reception is going to have a different kind of vibe. And those three components, you're going to hire your music professionals that are going to walk you through how to elevate the emotional component. I'd love for you to walk out of this podcast with that, is saying, how do I create an emotional component for my wedding? Not just do I have the dress and do I have the shoes, do I have the photographer? Yes, you need all that. But now you want to make sure that you're bringing the romance and the beautiful feelings into the whole day as well. So let's talk about some tips. Now, you were talking about, I mean, these are such great tips that almost seem silly to mention, but so amazing. Like, where do you hold your bouquet? Oh, yes. Right? That is the one thing that, that I see every week. And I do tell everyone, but they're so nervous, I think they forget. Bouquets definitely waist high. Never any higher, regardless of your style. It looks better visually. It's going to look better in your professional photos. That is so important. If a bride had to remember one thing, it's that bouquet. This way you're showing off the top of the gown, and it just looks so much more professional. The other thing I like, we really have to tell the groom and the groomsmen in advance a really strong arm when they extend it out and they're accompanying anybody, any of the women, the bridesmaids, the bride. That visual looks very nice and strong. He really extends an arm. I see too many that, that you just look a little wimpy. So I want that nice presence. So I always tell them about the bouquet, the proper height, and I always tell them coach your groom and groomsmen on the proper hand and arm uh, position. And then another tip that I like, usually it can be doable. If you have the time, even try to attend a ceremony uh, at the location where you'll be married. Now, if it's a house of worship, a chapel, uh, that's a public place. So if you dress respectfully and, and you're quiet, there's no problem to observe a wedding. And I bet I've done so many weddings where we've had other couples in there observing. Um, it's no problem in a house of worship. Even at these catering halls, I did this myself. Um, when I was married at the Shadowbrook, I asked, uh, could my fiancé and I uh, observe a wedding? And they said, of course. And we just went there and we observed it. And I'll tell you, I learned one thing. That center aisle was not very wide. And for a poofy gown, uh, you know, and you have like a, two parents walking you down or something, you have to think about these things. So just little things like that. You know, yeah. look, look at the center aisle length. Um, so if you can really observe it ceremony, you're going to see what you like. Uh, did they put the flowers did you, in, in the right place? Did you like the seating? Um, how long is the aisle? You know, how much music are you going to have? Just anything from A to Z. Yeah, anytime you can put yourself in the position to see what you'll feel like, yes. and then and there is really everything. You know, it's another thing I've seen recently, and I haven't seen it that often, is the ceremony in the round. Okay, we haven't done that yet, but yes, mm -hmm. that's very good. Yeah, it's that's kind of nice. kind of different and new, yes. where instead of putting the seats in front of the altar area, they just put the seats all yes. around the altar area um, so that everybody sort of has a visual, depends on how the layout is. But, you know, again, you can think out of the box and how you want to lay out the seats, making sure that everybody can see and has a good bird's eye view, making sure that you're amplified as well. I mean, how many yes. ceremonies we go to and there's no microphone on the officiant and nobody can hear the vows and no good. You, you're never going to pull your guests into the moment if they can't hear what's going on. So that goes for your musicians, it goes for your officiant, it goes for your vows. Everything should be amplified. There should be speakers at the ceremony. You should have some kind of microphone in front of the bride and groom so that you can be heard. I really feel like it's the worst thing when you're at the wedding ceremony and they're doing the vows. I'm not pulled into the emotional component of the wedding. I want to hear 
I want to hear that. Yeah, and that's also uh, some of the officiants have to get a bit more savvy with the sound. Uh, I work with many officiants and they're a little bit afraid of it, but there is something, and it's affordable. I don't think it's any more than $300. It's called a happy amp, and that's what they can cart around with them. There's, there's no, you don't have to plug it in, so you shouldn't get any interference. And that person in the back row will hear. Now, when I'm doing six to eight excerpts, I'm following along with the script half the time I can't hear. I don't know how we ever make those entrances, but we are, every, every booking we're, we're might. You know, I have my own little battery-operated system because I do so much on the beach, in the parks, backyards, you know, at some of these mansions in Rumson. Or, um, but that is one thing that I'd like to see, better amplification for the officiants because every word they're saying is so important and half the time. It's true, you might not be hearing anything. Yeah, and it's no fun. And the vows, like you said, uh, if the officiant is mic'd, he forgets to uh, put the mic towards the mm -hmm. room. So, And that's the important part. I think um, during the ceremony, tell your officiant, at that point, um, if we're going to repeat after you, take the mic away from the officiant and just have it directed. The guests don't care if we don't hear the officiant feeding them the lines, but the guests do care if they can hear the response. Exactly. Yeah. It really is a big deal, and I think that's probably the number one ceremony complaint, is I couldn't hear the officiant. I couldn't hear the officiant. I couldn't hear what was going on. And honestly, it's just no fun for your guests. And what your guests do at that point in time is they look at their watch and they say, geez, I hope this is over soon, because I can't hear what's going on. I'm basically just sitting here doing nothing. How is that going to be amazing? That's not amazing at all. So those little details, and hopefully you're taking notes when you listen to this podcast, and if not, listen to it again and write these things down so that when you go to meet with your officiant, you can say, do you have a sound system? What is the miking? Do you have a mic just for you? Do you have a mic for the bride and groom as well? Your musicians are always going to bring their own thing. I've never gone anywhere that they provided a sound system for me. No. I mean, maybe once in a very blue moon, but that's something that your catering hall or your location would tell you about. But... Um, these are really important things. And I would say, I'd venture to, to guess 85% of officiants do not have a sound system. Is that right? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing, which means that probably 85% of the wedding ceremonies that are happening, nobody can hear what's going on. It's a crazy weird trend that it seems like, oh, we don't need to be heard. I don't understand it. But yeah, it's worth it for you, even for you to invest in a speaker wouldn't cost that much money. Um, but yeah, I would have an officiant bring their own speaker or your musicians would be able to provide like me. I run a band and we uh, have a sound system we, that we could rent out for the ceremonies for the officiants if needed. There's always a way to make it happen. And these details are so, so very important so that you can be heard and the officiant can be heard. I really have to stress that so much because my goodness, it's just crazy how little amplification we have at these ceremonies. You have the music, you hear the music, beautiful, everything's great, but you don't hear a word anybody's saying. No good. So that's definitely something that you want to um, make sure that your officiant is uh, attending to. And you know what's very interesting? I find that a lot of the guest officiants do come equipped with the amplification. I tell them, you know, you really need that as your first time officiating. You just need the extra amplification. And they will search out through family members. Does anybody have a guitar amp with a mic? And they put something together. You really, even you need just maybe one nice speaker. Yep. Because you are working in a silent environment. No one else is talking. There's Unless you're a beach wedding, then you might have some conflicts. Mm -hmm. But they do come prepared. And I would like to see our professional officiants really invest in, in some nice equipment that you're going to do, you're going to use every week. Sometimes we do find the bands or DJs will 
arrive early to set up. And they have to do a charge of maybe around $200, $250 because the couples don't realize you're getting there so much earlier now. You have to get there in advance of the ceremony. Mm-hmm. And somebody has to run it. Somebody has somebody to make has sure that the levels it, are correct. Right. It, and you have to break it down later on. Yeah. So that is a really important part. These officiants, they can do beautiful ceremonies, but an equally important part is the amplification. Yeah, and then you go through all this work to make the most That's amazing it. wedding ceremony, and then nobody hears it. That's a heartbreaker. We cannot have that happen to you. Uh, so it's really important that these details of making sure that, that you have the things that are going to be taking place at your wedding ceremony, as well as making sure that they can be heard and, you know, just having it be beautiful. So so let me ask you a question. So let's just, uh, for all of the brides that are listening, they maybe haven't done anything yet. Maybe they haven't even set their date yet. What advice would you have for her or him when they call you up to kickstart this? Like, where do you begin to even planning your wedding ceremony? Let's just say I don't know what music I want. I don't know what readings I want. I just know that I'm going to have it at, you know, this particular place, and I'm calling you up, and now what? Um, I ask them, is that, first of all, might there be any religion that we should be mindful of? Many these days are non-denominational. Uh, I'll ask the location where they're getting married, inside, outside. Um, I ask about their personalities. Are they looking for a lighthearted ceremony? Can they think out of the box? Or are they looking for traditional? Then I ask them what kind of music they're thinking of. And I mean, the music, unless it's a house of worship, we can do anything. On the beach, you can have contemporary music. Classical music is just adorable on these parks. and. So I will ask them first, uh, do we have to be mindful of a specific religion? Where are you getting married? What's the vibe of it? And then we'll take it from there, just um, the mood of where they're getting married. Personality of the bride and groom, are they outgoing? Are they a little bit more sedate where they just want it elegant? Where they're reading, they might want that Corinthians, love is patient, love is kind, and which is fine too. Um, and if they did that, I would still try and convince them if they want to share the reading with two, uh, two guests or do something different. That's the first thing you have to establish. Where's the wedding? Uh, what kind of mood do they want for that ceremony? Um, and then you take it from there. It starts to grow. Mm-hmm. And that's really amazing because, and, and again, for everybody that's listening, when you go look for your wedding ceremony musician, you're looking for somebody like Michelle, who has the understanding of asking these questions to help you form the ceremony. A lot, most brides have no idea where to begin. Michelle can help you. You know, what, asking you those questions, you know, is it religious? What are you like? What kind of personality? The kind of music? And even if you have no idea what those answers are, by her asking you these questions, you're going to just begin to think, and it's going to begin to unfold from there. And then Michelle can help you now pick those readings or, you know, create the personality of the ceremony, suggest musical suggestions. And by doing that, by going back and forth with Michelle, all of a sudden this amazing picture and this amazing visual is going to come to you. And at that point in time, you decide if you like it. You know, if this feels right for you, then it's something you run with. Or if you say, well, I don't know about that musical selection. Maybe we'll change it or whatever. Proper planning is everything. I mean, you don't want to plan your wedding ceremony the day before. Obviously, you're not going to do that. You're not going to pick your wedding music the day before. You have some time when you're planning your wedding to really think about you've wanted this your whole life. So here it is. Let's make it the best that it can be. So definitely have a good detailed conversation with your musician because they will bring all of these additional ideas. And I think the one thing is, is, uh, if I could be so bold to say, you know, the caterer has been inside that catering hole only 
But when you come down to musicians, we've been everywhere. That's true. We have been under every situation in, in every kind of location. So I feel like the musicians are the most savvy of all the wedding professionals because we're kind of the outsiders looking in. Yes. And we're also the overseers of all things. So with that being said, um, you know, talk to your music professionals and let them guide you because they have so much experience and they've been there, done that. So, Michelle, what else, what else do you think we should share here? Anything that we missed? Um, the biggie is, as I mentioned with the rehearsal, don't wait till the last minute to decide what your ceremony is going to be like. I'd say as soon as you're engaged, just start thinking about that whole ceremony, your entrance, uh, the vibe you want to, uh, you want to create, uh, the kind of music. Um, you know, how you want to decorate the place. I like what you said about the ceremony in the round. You couldn't do that in a house of worship, but if you're getting married in a catering hall or on the beach, I think, actually, I, I'm going to suggest that to some brides. I think some of these beach weddings with the ceremony in the round would be so unique. You're already on the beach, which is nice, so add even another element. I think that's great. I haven't seen that yet. I've mm -hmm. seen many pictures. But, you know, just plan from day one. Don't wait till the last minute. Um, like I mentioned, uh, if you're getting married on the beach, uh, see if you can actually observe a beach wedding. Um, I take pictures at every wedding and I will send uh, the brides um, like links where they can see what the wedding will look like, uh, if it's at a layer chapel, if it's at a beach, uh, if it's at like deep cut gardens in a park. So I give them some ideas to start thinking, but right away, from day one, just start thinking. And it's going to evolve. Yeah. And also, too, for just to kind of put it out there in case you don't know, is for the most part, when you're talking about a church house of worship, most of the times they don't allow outside musicians. Um, it's a little bit flexible now. It's, yeah. uh, I, I am brought in. Um, a matter of fact, last month we did a really pretty wedding. It was totally in Spanish. It was a full mass. Oh. That was a little, a little hard to follow. Um, but we looked for the visual cues. You could tell when they were getting ready for communion. You could tell when he was going to read the gospel. So, but that is changing. There are there are some churches that do that, that are allowing it now. And you know yeah. why? They want to make sure that the ceremony is done right, that it's elegant. They don't know these musicians that brides are bringing in. So, um, but no, we we do also work at houses of worship. So it depends on the church, and they will tell you right off the bat. Well, yeah, they that's will. a good question to ask, too. Yeah, I was just going to mention that, like asking right off the bat, because some houses of worship do not allow outside right. musicians, and some do. So, And they're really strict about that. So figure that out first before you go looking all over for you know yes. hiring Michelle, and then you find out that the church won't allow Michelle to go in there. Um, and you know, I get many calls for the Greek Orthodox weddings, and they're very strict, where they don't allow certain instrumentations. Uh, they don't even allow a flute or violin. There's only, I'm not sure which ones, I think organ, there's two or three instruments they'll allow. And I get many calls and they don't know and I say check with the, check with the church. Yeah, and then a lot of brides are surprised to find out that there are rules like that. So uh, those are some things that you can find out uh, first. And hopefully we've opened your eyes to all the different questions that you can ask so that by the end of listening to this podcast, you have a really good idea of how to begin your ceremony planning and also who to turn to. If you are in this central New Jersey, Ocean County, Monmouth County area, I really cannot stress to you enough how much you need to call Michelle because she just will sit with you and give you so much peace of mind that you know she's 
knows what to do and you can just relax and know that your ceremony is going to be beautiful. Um, at the end of this episode, I'll share all of her contact information. In fact, if you want to give them your email or website address right now, go right ahead. Thank you. It's Bridal Music and the uh, website is www.bridalmusic.org. And then she can do uh, either a solo or t tell them about some yeah. of the options. We can do the solo flute. And I like that more brides are gravitating towards the flute and not so much the violin. The flute's a little bit more contemporary and it's very celebratory and vibrant. Um, I work with a violinist and it's a nice mix where you have that very vibrant flute and then the more mellow violin. So it's a nice mix. Um, but when you do hire the flute, it is going to immediately just be more vibrant with the sound. I think the violins are a little bit more, uh, more of a serious vibe. Yeah, the violins do have a serious sound to them where the flute just kind of brings the levity yes. and the fun out of the sound. I think that duo is just amazing because of that, because it's of what it brings out emotionally. It's different. It's like a mini orchestra because you have two totally different instruments, two totally different tones that are blending together. So I like that. So it's either the solo flute or it's the duo, the flute and violin. And so what kind of music, is there anything that you don't do or is pretty much anything goes if a bride asks you? Not everything will work 100% well with the duo because we're not in the studio, it's the two of us live. Uh, I hear so many of these beautiful songs and you really need a rhythm section mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or you just need the special effects. Right. But I tell them, as long as you suggest things that have a strong melody that the flute can sing out on, you're fine. Right. So that's the thing. Look at your song. Does it have a really strong melody that the flute and violin can just create a great, uh, a great rendition for you? And that takes us two seconds to really discover. So if a bride sends me a song, I'll be able to know right away if the, that ensemble will work. So never hesitate to call the person that you've selected to do the music and say, is this going to work? Because they'll always tell you the truth because they want the, what's best for you to let you know if that's going to work or not. So always defer to the professionals that you've picked. If you have done your homework and you've selected somebody that's very passionate about what they do and they really care about what they're doing, uh, you're in very good hands. That's really the magic of the wedding. If you make a few phone calls and you pick somebody just because their price was right, but you really didn't hit it off from that with them and you kind of don't think much more of it past there, you're probably just going to have a mediocre experience because you bought something on price. You didn't buy something on the emotional com impact that it was going to bring to your wedding. I think that if you let emotions steer you as it did when you were picking your fiance, you will have a much better outcome than if you're doing this by a price tag. Because I think that's a little difficult at times because you might pick a musician that's like, yeah, I'm going to play the two songs for you at the wedding ceremony and they go home and that's all the thought that they put into it. But then you have Michelle who will now you know, help you make to have the most impact as possible. And you know, I hate to say it, but... I know many associates, and they will just do the processional and recessional, and that's it. Yep. They won't get involved in the ceremony content. They, they might give you, uh, like, a gorgeous 20 minutes of, uh, like, prelude music. We'll do 30 minutes of it, um, and that's about it. They'll do the processional, the recessional, maybe something during a unity candlelight, but they do not study the script like I do. Yeah. I don't really know anybody that does that, Michelle. I mean, seriously, I think this is so incredibly unique. And needed and a wonderful thing for the brides to be able to have somebody to, to say, how is this going to go? And also having all these amazing uh, tips and suggestions for them as well. So I found this 
this show to be so incredibly insightful. If you have any questions, you don't ever hesitate to message me. I will put you in contact with Michelle as well. Obviously, you have her contact information. You can contact her yourself. But this is all about creating the most amazing wedding for you and showing you how and helping you have the most amazing wedding possible. Um, if anybody wants to reach Michelle, you can. I'll also give you her phone number, which is 732 232 8631. And in the show notes, you'll have all of her contact information. So when you want to hire Michelle for your wedding ceremony, you know exactly how to get in touch with her. And also we're going to be having a Q&A coming up on a podcast in the future. At the end of uh, the season, I usually do your questions answered podcast. So if there's anything you want to know, any details whatsoever on anything, even if it's not related to the ceremony, please contact me, April Kelly at makeyourweddingamazing.com. All right, Michelle, any final words here? I think we covered it all. I mm. think if they do advanced planning, uh, they should be good. Just don't leave anything to chance. And from that moment you're engaged, start thinking. Yeah, and I think brides do. I think when they, the minute that they get engaged, they do start thinking about what they want. And I think sometimes it's so overwhelming because if you Google wedding ceremony, you're just going to find so many different things. How do I apply them to me? What does this mean to me? Does this, is this something that is done on the East Coast? Is this something that's done on the West Coast? You know, that's the other thing that you have to think about. Sometimes it's different. Like a, a wedding in Florida is different from a wedding in New Jersey. It just is. I don't know why, but the music that's played on the radio down there is different too. So people will like different things and it changes from area to area. But the details that we shared today are universal and worldwide. Holding your bouquet in the right way, you know, making sure that people know what to do, telling people to be seated or telling people to stand. These things just take all of the awkwardness out of the ceremony and just makes it absolutely amazing. So my name is April Kelly with Make Your Wedding Amazing, and this is Michelle from Bridal Music. We hope that you enjoy the show and message us anytime if you have any questions. We'll see you next time. Are you looking for musicians for your wedding ceremony? Do you want a ceremony that will make your guests feel something? Bridal music, flute and violin duo, creating romance and filling the atmosphere with emotions with their beautiful sound and fully portable go-anywhere amplification system. A ceremony no one will ever forget. Bridal music, flute and violin duo, 732-232-8631 bridalmusic.org